0: This is CNT Talk. Every week two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. We still have some technical issues, so I'm hoping this works out pretty well. Uh Tony, how are you doing tonight?
1: Uh I think I'm doing fine. We'll see how uh how this works later on in, in post-production, which I have in no production. involvement with.
0: <laughs> You're in uh, production, not pre and post, just production. Am I
1: even in production? Uh, I, I guess I am.
0: Uh, I think you are. I'm okay. going to go with the fact that I think you are. Um, I had a bot- bunch of different things we could start with tonight. Um, but to my eternal shame, I'm going to lead with uh, JJ Watt going to the Cardinals. Why is that do eternal shame? Well, because I had hopes that possibly, maybe, perchance, he might end up in Pittsburgh. Well, we talked about I knew that was life. a pipe dream. I know we, it was a pipe still, dream. Still clinging to this a week later. It's time to move uh, I'm on. I'm clinging to <laughs> I'm clinging to my guns and my religion, just like Obama yeah. said I would. Um, uh, yes, he he signed with the Cardinals today.
1: Uh, Honestly, kind of an
0: odd choice. Yeah.
1: If his goal, which it purportedly was, is to get to the Super Bowl. Now, I understand, you know, the Cardinals are sort of on the upswing and they've got Kyler Murray, et cetera. But I don't view the Cardinals as certainly on a three- or four-team short list that's going to contend for a Super Bowl in the NFC next year. Do you? I, I do not. And that,
0: that's why it's odd to me. I mean, they have – some weapons but I, it wasn't like they were close you know they, they weren't like oh we're just one player away it's like i feel like they're a couple players away from having a legitimate shot at a title so it's well and i can't remember bit- because oh. i
1: don't didn't they start off kind of like a house of fire and then um yeah they're like extended mediocrity for most of the last yeah. half of the season, I can't. I may be wrong about that because I don't really follow the Cardinals, but uh, I know there was a lot of griping about Kingsbury, right? That he, yeah, he's been figured out, and he's another one of these, you know, McVeigh guys. I know he's not a McVeigh guy per se, but the point being, a young guy that has supposedly, you know, all this innovative offensive stuff, and it looked really good for a while, and then they just kind of. I mean, I, I can't even remember what was. The, what did they finish at last year? Nine and seven.
0: I think so. I think they barely, they missed the playoffs. Um, I don't know. It just feels like if, if his goal was to win a championship, it's not a two-year Green deal Bay? with the Cardinals. Why isn't he going to That's Green Bay? That's my question. What's the, what's the issue in Green Bay that we're not aware of? Does he think that, you know, uh, he wants to be, he's thinking if I do well here, maybe I can get more than two years. Whereas if I go to Green Bay, there's a lot of pressure because I'm from Wisconsin. Maybe, I don't know. It's not like it's a big market in Phoenix necessarily. Maybe he just doesn't want to live in the cold anymore. I mean, he's lived in Houston for a decade, so I can't blame him for that. But it just seems like if if you're trying to win a championship, now, it, hey, get me wrong. Tom, Tom Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay last year, and I think people thought they would be better. I don't know that most people predicted they would win the Super Bowl. So maybe we don't know what we're talking about, but He's not Tom Brady because he's not on offense. He's on defense. So are they that it, was it one player away on defense that gets them? No. I, I don't know. I don't think so. But I, I think it was also he wanted to be in the NFC.
1: Well, that's certainly
0: smart. You you definitely yeah. listen, the
1: if he's in the AFC with the Cardinals, you can forget it. Uh that the top even of even the Chiefs. Well, not even the Chiefs. I mean, look at just the top of that conference is stacked yeah so i think there's there's an easier potential route although of all of the divisions in nfc that's arguably the toughest one to be in
0: i think if you weren't going to be with green bay you don't want to be in the nfc north because the rest of the teams are okay maybe maybe the vikings challenge possibly the NFC West. You're right. You've got, You've Seattle.
1: got Rams and Seahawks all in the same division. Yeah. That's it not seem the odd. NFC division you want to be in.
0: No, it does seem odd. Doesn't it? I, I, I don't NFC kid, East.
1: I know they say, you know, it's never about the money, but it's always about the money. But I mean, how much I, I doubt for him at the end of the day, if he could make a couple more million a year, that that's going to be the decider. He's got whatever. 150 million in the bank. Um, yeah, that, that doesn't matter. I don't, I mean, it always matters, but if he's really about the Super Bowl, I can't imagine a team outbidding by a few million bucks is going to swing his decision. I, I were thinking,
0: well, it was a 31 million dollar two year contract, 23 million guaranteed. Maybe no other team was willing to guarantee that amount, and he has had injuries, so I, I don't know. I, you could say it's not about the money. I think it's always about the money and winning second for a lot of people. Maybe they're close A1, AB, you know, 1, 1B. But I, I just don't think it just doesn't make a lot of sense right now. Now, maybe he knows something we don't. Uh, it, the draft has not happen, so we don't know what they're going to pick up in the draft. But it, on paper, it doesn't look like it makes a lot of sense. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, playing in Phoenix? not a bad thing. I mean, if you want to live in that area, but I just don't, if his purported reason was, I want to go to a, a championship contender. I don't know that Phoenix. Well, I Fox don't think
1: is. you and I are the only people that were surprised by this <laughs> I including, I agree. including many of the people that are paid to offer their expert opinion about uh, the NFL. I didn't read any yeah. articles in the lead up to this saying it looks like J.J. Watt is heading to Phoenix.
0: Yeah, no, nobody saw that coming. So I just wanted to say that because we had talked about it for a couple of weeks, and I, uh, I, I'm not foolish enough to believe he was ever going to Pittsburgh. They didn't have the cap room, and, and I don't think they're a contender. Regardless of what they did last year, I don't think they're a contender, so it's not really going to matter. But in other news of people surprising you, but in a bad way, uh, Andrew Cuomo is still a dirtbag. Um, uh, our, our friend felt like maybe it was time for him to go after the second accuser came out not because he killed granny that wasn't the reason he should go but because he had he'd been sexually harassed charges against him now again our friend couldn't let go the fact that Donald Trump became president after sexual harassment charges my contention would be chance,
1: a- isn't that isn't that what he oh, that is whataboutism
0: what aboutism? It's, yeah
1: it's actual whataboutism okay exactly. because he always <laughs> uses that term to deflect from having to talk about the fact that his double standards are being called out and it, i didn't read the piece that you're talking about but if he's literally saying well donald trump got to be president too that's actually whataboutism which is, <laughs> uh, we should ignore this because the other guy got to do it. That's never the point that I'm making with him when I say, right. why should we take seriously your outrage, your purported outrage about X issue when you didn't care about it? The argument when I'm making it is not, this makes it okay because someone else did it. That seems to be, I guess, the argument he's making, which is, well, if it's okay for Donald, it should probably be okay for Andrew as well. That is classic whataboutism. Uh-huh. He, he, is, he actually can't even categorize whataboutism properly because he's now using it in its um, native form. That's exactly what it is.
0: So I will, I will say Andrew Cuomo should resign for many, many reasons. One of which is the sexual harassment, the but I would say
1: that, is sexual harassment. Well,
0: and I would say you have the right to face your accusers. And if you pursue it, you can, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. Maybe they can prove in court. Maybe they can't. I don't think you should resign because you've been accused. I think you should resign if you're convicted. Uh, but I, I would point out he's talking about Donald Trump, the citizen versus Andrew Cuomo, the governor. Okay, one has power and authority. One has authority in his own company, but he's a private citizen. So one got elected to an office after being accused of sexual harassment. One was in office and accused of sexual harassment. I think those are different circumstances, but I do believe you have the right to defend yourself. Now, I think Andrew Cuomo is a dirtbag. I said he's a dirtbag from the beginning. I think he's a horrible governor. I think he's a horrible human being. So you know but what my theory about this right is? To defend himself. Go ahead.
1: The only reason that Andrew Cuomo is now facing the end of his political career is because the power brokers in the Democratic Party have decided he no longer has any utility as a national nemesis for Donald Trump, meaning he was useful to them because he would have his weekly or whatever it was, biweekly weekly uh, COVID with Andy, where he would, everyone would swoon and he would bring out his charts and his graphs, despite the fact that New York had the worst, we've talked about this, the worst record in the entire world, didn't matter. And he would reliably bash Donald Trump and the administration, but now Trump is gone. They don't need that anymore. And moreover, the problematic, oh, I killed double the amount of grannies that we even admitted, that's bad, very bad optics for the mask, social distance autocrats. So he's now a boat anchor for them. They don't want, they don't want an investigation into exactly what was going on in New York, because in many ways, Andrew Cuomo, remember Joe Biden said the gold standard, the gold yes. standard for handling COVID. That's like typhoid Mary is the gold standard. And so they want him gone. His his upside is finished politically. And so now what do we see? And I, this is the reason that it bugs me. That's fine. I agree with you. I always take the position Let's investigate allegations. We never assume someone is guilty until we allow the process to play out. That doesn't mean, by the way, that we can't form our own opinions based on the facts that we're aware of. But he shouldn't be removed right now because of these allegations. He should be removed because he wantonly killed thousands of innocent Mm -hmm. senior citizens by forcing sick people into nursing homes, then lying about it in terms of blaming the Trump administration, and then trying to cover it up, which one of his aides readily admitted. And the reason that was necessary is because, good grief, our political enemies might use this against us. We can't be honest about this. That's the reason he should be out of office, not because right now there's allegations. That's crazy.
0: It is, and I think that's the... I think uh, Gavin Newsom falls in that same boat anchor category. And I think they want the Democrats, as you said, they're no longer useful. So we need to jettison anything that's going to criticize what we're trying to do. And you were useful when you were a foil for Donald Trump. Donald Trump's not here. We don't need you. Had Donald Trump won the election 2020? He's going nowhere. Maybe Cuomo. yeah, Yeah, maybe Cuomo sticks around for Well, And the other reason is because he's
1: such apparently from what I've read and what we're learning, such a a bully, just a Mm -hmm. jerk that he has made so many enemies within the New York state government Mm -hmm. among Democrats that (laughs) once once they were given permission from, you know, the shot callers, it's okay to go after this guy. Well, it was it's no holds barred. You see people have put up with him because they were told essentially you don't challenge him right now you're going to have to be a good soldier but now that the people that decide this at the national level word has come down it's okay he's fair game there he has no friends or certainly not enough friends on the democratic side to protect him
0: yep you're completely right i think that's him him being removed is fine with me cuz he, he's he's a terrible human being. Don't we'll find runner. somebody
1: worse. Don't worry. It, I'm, I, I'm sure that's New York. the new boss, worse than the old boss. So yeah, there'll, there'll yeah. be somebody that makes him look fantastic.
0: Uh, in other news, House Democrats want Joe Biden to give up complete control of the nuclear codes. Is that <laughs> does that sound right? Exactly. Does Joe know he actually has control of the nuclear codes? <laughs> well, that's a very good question, and I I would say it depends on the day and the hour in that day. Uh, and usually, if there's sunlight, maybe. If it's dark, you see, probably you not. See
1: the recent, yet the latest. Um, I don't know. Separation from reality when he was attempting to give that speech, listing the names of the people that he couldn't pronounce, and then he says, "Why? Where?" It's either it says something like, "Why am I here?" I'm about to like go off the rail. Like it was, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Well, we're you still think supposed he shouldn't to have the nuclear
0: codes. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, we're still supposed to pretend that there's nothing wrong with him.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. If you've got 36 House Democrats saying we don't think you should have the nuclear codes, you could say, "Well, it's a response to Trump." Well, but Trump's not in power, so your guy's in power, and you're telling me. He shouldn't have sole control over what the Commander-in-Chief has always had sole control over. Really? Who is supposed to, who is supposed to have control of the nuclear uh, coast? Obviously, Kamala Harris, which they'd need a constitutional amendment for that to happen, apparently, right. but that's – who knows? I, I just find it odd. We're supposed to go along and act like the, nothing wrong here, nothing to see, but your own party is telling you maybe you shouldn't have complete control over things that presidents usually have complete control over. I, it just seems – Seems like one side doesn't really do you think, understand do that you you're think showing
1: he's actually going to give a state of the union. No. I don't think he can make it through an hour long State of the Union.
0: I think that's why it hasn't happened. I think yeah. if he could give it, he'd have already given it. Why give it now? I mean, people have forgotten. And typically an incoming president does give a state, and I of, the hate union. state of the union. I, I never I watched it. too, it's boring.
1: Well, it's just, it's political theater. It's, I can't, everything about it makes me itchy. But the point is, it has now become this um, annoying tradition that we have. And it's just, let me put it this way. Had Donald Trump decided not to give a state of the union, where there was speculation about his mental capacity, right? This would be the top story 24-7 Exposes mm-hmm. CNN would have batteries of psychiatrists on, uh, you know, claiming twenty, you know, Twenty Fifth Amendment, which they did repeatedly, and yet right. now it's sort of, uh, oh, no, nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. Yes, he he doesn't he's not oriented to space and time, but um, it's all good. And so we're not going to have a State of the Union. Joe will read uh, a haiku uh, each day for a week uh, or a limerick or something. But we're not going to have him talk. A we're not going to have him talk for more than. <laughs> I don't know, 17 seconds at one time, because then it becomes obvious that uh, he has no idea what's going on.
0: Well, I think that's very obvious to anybody with half a brain can see that he has no idea what's going on. Um, yeah, it just, it's, it's bizarre on its face, but that's how things work now. Um, I wanted to sidestep a little bit. We'd, did we talk about um, Dr. Levine at all last week? And her uh, time I in think front of Congress.
1: Bit, not, not much. We, okay, well, I, I do not really we, want to talk I about her. We,
0: okay, I didn't really want to talk about her because I think she's a train wreck who couldn't say no, I'm not in favor of uh, genital mutilation and/or chemical castration or any other types of chemicals to change your gender, even as low as three-year-olds, because that would be honest. So I'm going to say, I can't wait to get confirmed so I can have that discussion with you, which is to say, I'm not going to have that discussion with you no matter what happens, because you disagree with me, Rand Paul. And guess what? I don't want to agree with you.
1: Well, Chad, remember, the issues are very complex. They're, yes, they're very complex. yes, they
0: are. So, so the, the worst place we want to get into those is a confirmation hearing. So we shouldn't have a discussion about it because it's too complex for the American public to understand. And it's nuanced. And this is very robust. I love what she said. It's very robust science around uh, gender reassignment. I'm like, interesting. It's very robust. Is it similar to the very robust data used to lock down Pennsylvania for months? Well,
1: again, then the the simple response is, well, excellent. So you clearly understand this robust, complex science. Give us your Cliff Notes version. Does the science, according to you, say that this is okay for a three-year-old to be taking – Drugs that will, like you said, chemically. We well, it, actually, it's so robust and complicated that I can't even summarize it. But I, I'm very happy to have a beer summit with you after I'm confirmed, and then we can, yeah, we can sit down and read the annotations together.
0: Yeah, that's what. So, I, I really want to talk about her so much because I want to talk about Merrick Garland, okay, and I want to take yeah. you back to 2016. Merrick Garland moderate, great (laughs) statesman. Biden is a
1: moderate, Nancy Pelosi is a moderate. AOC is a moderate.
0: Yeah, so we were told in 2016, Merrick Garland, moderate. So I want to give you an example, and you tell me, Tony, if this sounds moderate or maybe not moderate. I don't even give you a term for it. So if the capital rioters are not moderate i think we can agree that they weren't moderate they weren't like raving lunatics except for maybe the guy in the buffalo they're
1: evangelical extremists chad those are the only only accepted extremists in captivity by the way there are no other
0: extremists except for MAGA hat evangelical extremists yes and i was told they're white nationalists i don't know where that came from but our friend is now calling them white nationalists that stormed the Capitol. Okay. Uh, whatever you want to call them, I guess, is okay for you. Uh, but they're terrorists. They're domestic terrorists. And Merrick Garland said these are domestic terrorists. But what happened in Seattle, Portland, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, y- you name it, where, where federal buildings were attacked, but that wasn't domestic terrorism because the Buildings were closed. It was so, during the day. It was. It's the daytime, yes. nighttime distinction. The terrorists yes. so only come out during the day, apparently. Right, right. So I guess because the building was closed for business, and you tried to destroy it, break into it, it's not domestic terrorism. But if you do it well during daylight hours, then it's domestic terrorism. I'm not sure I understand the distinction. Other than one is perceived to be a group of right wing and one is perceived to be a group of left wing Uh, and apparently left wing is okay and right wing. Well, because, you know, it's mostly peaceful, peaceful and they're trying to get basic human rights by trying to destroy their cities and and declare autonomous zones, which which I I think is is um, against the Constitution to separate from the country in which you're in. But you know that that's just semantics. Think
1: of all the think of all the um the applications for the daytime nighttime distinction, though, Chad. For instance, in the criminal code, bank robber, grand theft, daytime felony, nighttime when no one's there. Maybe you're just an aggressive borrower. I I don't I don't know. Could be Uh, because you know there's no tellers. If you're if you're torching your way into the vault at night and the bank isn't open. Maybe you just mistakenly, I don't know. You're trying to make a withdrawal after hours. <laughs> this is an after hours withdrawal. Right?
0: That's how I took it.
1: You didn't, you I didn't it. So, know to use the, uh, the Dropbox.
0: The ATM. Yeah, that's, that's all. Well, I accidentally left something in that bag. I need to get it back. You know, I need it for tonight. I can't wait till tomorrow. Yeah, that's probably what it is. I just point that out because this is a moderate, so proclaimed by the media, moderate, who doesn't think that destroying your city is an act of terrorism, but storming the Capitol is an act of terrorism. I think they're both acts of terrorism. I think they're both bad. Is that okay? Am I allowed to say that?
1: Do you think that Barack Obama would have nominated someone to fill (laughs) Antonin Scalia's seat on the court who was not fully in lockstep with the hive mind on every single issue of significance. I mean, listen, let's give, I at least give Obama credit for this, that the man understands who his ideological favorites are, who he can count on and the idea that he's going to waste one of the most significant Supreme Court vacancies in generations on a so-called moderate is laughable. That's all you need to know. Barack Obama picked this guy to fill a seat on the court. He's going to be as far left as you can get away with without falling off the face of the earth. Now, here's the other point. Garland is is left in certain ways that were very important to the Obama administration, particularly as it relates to deference to the administrative state. That was the main reason. He doesn't have to be as kooky as Sonia Sotomayor, although I'm sure he would have been a reliable vote on abortion and trans issues, whatever. However, his primary function would have been to shift the court's center of gravity very much further to the left, on deference to all of the alphabet soup, unaccountable agencies that are now ruling this country, unaccountable, unelected, appointed, all their boffins drafting millions of pages of regulations. That is what we are being governed by. That's why Merrick Garland was a guy they wanted on the court. And he has a veneer of, a moderate college well there are no moderate college professors i don't know what he would be he would be uh a, a, what, what would moderate be the by comparison and, yes moderate by comparison so that's all you need to know he was barack obama's nominee yeah. to the supreme court he's not a moderate
0: yeah well we were just told over and over he was and apparently in confirmation hearings he's not a moderate. I don't care what you say. And by
1: the way, I'm perfectly fine with Barack Obama nominating an obvious left winger. That's his prerogative. That's his agenda. That's who he wants to seat on the court. Just like a conservative president is going to ask the Federalist Society or come up with a list of people who are originalists. I'm not, I'm not taking any issue with where Merrick Garland's position is. I disagree with it, But that was the expected, unsurprising result of who they wanted on the court. So, look, has the media, have you ever heard the media call any Democrat a radical, an extremist, someone to the far left? Those terms don't exist. There are right-wing extremists, and then there are moderates. Uh, and maybe you'll get away with liberal or um, left of center, right? <laughs> yeah, Maisie, Maisie Hirono is left of center. The squad are slightly left of center.
0: Mm. If center is The center far being left defined, defined by back. like
1: Chairman Mao. If Chairman Mao is the center, they're slightly left of center.
0: Uh, we'll come back to Chairman Mao. He actually comes up in a topic tonight. So just hold your horses on that one. Oh, new curriculum? Um no, but <laughs> close. Um, so, going back to Jen Saki, yeah, she can call herself Saki all she wants. Um, when Donald Trump bombed Syria, it was bad. When well, they're they're a sovereign nation, Chad. Yes, Remember when Joe Biden does it? What's okay? It needed to be done. You know, same same regime still in charge, still not treating their people so well. But because Joe Biden did it, it's okay. now I heard a quote this week after this happened, after the bombing Syria, and it was from a gentleman in Georgia. He said, we didn't turn the Senate blue for you to be bombing Syria. We turned it blue for you to be getting us checks. That's why we turned it blue so we could get money and we didn't get our money. So uh, you shouldn't be bombing. Nobody. I want my money. Well, I'm like, OK, um, that's why. Well, you, you know what? It's a zero
1: sum game, Chad. So the money, yes. the free money was diverted uh, to the Syria bombing. And therefore, that's why the checks are going to have to be proportionally less. Unfortunately,
0: yes, that would be that would be awesome for them. So I just wanted to point that out that we've I've said this before. And I think we've talked about this. It depends on who says the words and who performs the action as to whether or not it's good or bad in the minds of the masses because Donald Trump does it. It's bad. Joe Biden does it. It's good, but it's the same action. So I'm really confused as to what am I supposed to take from this? Is it the person that's bad or the action they take that's bad or both? And in this case, like apparently it's the person, not the action. The action must be perfectly fine. That's okay. Speaking of that, I want to talk about the $1.9 trillion that Joe Biden is claiming is for urgent, urgent relief from COVID, you know, Uh, and specifically the I think it's eight hundred and fifty billion that's going to bail out states that locked down. I mean, I could be wrong on that number. I don't remember the exact number, but basically, if, if you screwed up your state more, you get more from the federal government to help you. And and here's we talked about this in the past, they're going to help bail out those pension programs, those nasty pension programs that were underfunded and overpromised to the blue state Democrats in power. That's where your imminent relief is going to go to help those people. So I think I saw right before I came on, 21 states are planning to sue the federal government for saying we did a better job and didn't need as much money and you're disproportionate us in your bill to give money to people who screwed it up such as andrew cuomo and gavin newsom thoughts
1: this is my shocked
0: face (laughs) chat that
1: that i'm making it looks exactly like your normal face i'm so (laughs) stunned that we have ongoing graft kickbacks payouts to loyal blue constituencies and utter waste misdirection, fraud, mismanagement. I mean, this thing is also larded up. I actually more enjoyed the the portion where all federal employees who have to have a child that is home from school for at least one day, that they are subject to hybrid learning. Not only do those people get, I think it's 600 hours, but it equates to Three and a half months of paid leave. And remember, who are who are the people that don't want to go back to school, thus guaranteeing that you will have children at home? That would be the teachers union, yeah. which funneled, I believe, mm-hmm. last election cycle, 52 billion into Democratic coffers. But so those federal employees who are uh, victims of the, the poor teachers union not only get three and a half months of paid leave. But they also get on top of it $1,400 per week for that time frame. Now, Joe is not even going to be handing out, maybe people are going to get $1,400 as a one-time kicker of free money. And meanwhile, his federal worker constituency is not only being paid the entire time, they're full salary. They're getting, what does that amount to, Chad? What is that? That's uh, 52, no, what's the math? 4,000, 5,600, an extra $5,600 a month because their kids have to stay home. And then that means they have to stay home with them. Now, their kids wouldn't have to stay home if the teachers union would go to work. But as Jen Pisaki pointed out, even though the CDC inconveniently said it's perfectly fine, and it's time to reopen the schools. That was only in the uh, personal capacity of the individual yes. running the organization. So, because they got a phone call that said, "You, you best not, you best not say anything that we teachers to go back to work."
0: Well, if you, I don't know if people realize this, but in March they gave eighty, I think it was eighty-four billion to schools. And then in December, they got another one hundred and twelve billion. And in this new bill, there's another one hundred and twenty nine billion, which won't be spent. Ninety five percent of what's already been allocated hasn't been spent. And it's allocated and should be spent based on their projections by twenty twenty three. So the imminent return to school is apparently twenty twenty three in their governance. Well, can't be too safe.
1: Can't be too safe,
0: Chad. Well, yeah, and Howard University. This just blows my mind. Howard University has a an endowment of, I think, it's six hundred eighty-four million dollars. in this bill, they are specifically called out getting two hundred fifty-four million dollars. So close
1: to close to half of their endowment.
0: Yes, they're going to be. Well, that's one of our nation.
1: That's one of the country's historically black universities. I'm presuming I'm presuming that this must have something to do with systemic racism.
0: I'm sure that it does. And I'm sure that we'll reduce the tuition accordingly for all the students actually going there. Right.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's (laughs) why it always works. That's why, that's why no one has to pay anything to go to Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Stanford, or any of the Ivy League schools who have endowments well into the billions.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, Um, On a lighter note, Mr. Potato Head still going to remain Mr. Potato Head. For now. It was a close call. It was a close call. It seemed like the lefties were out to get him. Is it Hasbro? Is Hasbro persevered. Mr. Potato Head? Yes. Yes.
1: The, the I- people at Hasbro people. that decided that it was going to remain Mr. Potato Head are right now being waterboarded and forced out. So I would say in about a yes. month there will be a new regime at Hasbro which will issue a Soviet style apology and Mr. Potato head will now be a gender fluid potato.
0: Certainly possible. I I don't know if most people know that when Mr. Potato head was, was brought out, it was actually pieces that you put into an actual potato. And then they had like sharp, they were sharp. They were like metal pieces that you stabbed it with. Yep. Yep. So you'd put all the face on an actual potato and then you'd eat the potato for dinner. It was okay. But then they went and made plastic and it all went downhill from there. Um, I, I want to talk about this and I don't know a lot of people have been talking about this the um, Equality Act versus the Fairness Act Um Tony's talked about I think he talked about it last week even equality doesn't mean equality in the way you think uh, it's equity and you know outcomes equality not actual equality and I think the our our friend railed a little bit over on, on the weekend about this and he seems shocked that no democrats sponsored the fairness act <laughs> shocked i tell you and he's like i can't believe that i'm like really you said in the previous post that you were you felt that the democrats were in favor of the equity act and the equality act and none of the republicans were and none of the republicans or all the republicans in favor of the fairness act and none of the democrats were so then you seem shocked when it polarized that way so forget all the lefty mumbo-jumbo from the Equality Act. The point I want to focus on, and Tony and I have talked about this in the past, this, if this is passed, it now takes away your religious freedom to deny service to somebody, a la the Masterpiece Cake or uh, some other things that have been out there. So somebody's rights, as they're defined as to my gender identity takes precedent over your religious freedom to you exercise your religion as you see, you see it. How do you feel about that, Tony? Cause I'm outraged that it's, it's under the radar. It's not even being reported. I, I'm not even seeing it in the New York post or anything. It's just not even being talked about. Well, it's
1: being talked about in conservative outlets. Um, but so again, this would be the second time this evening that I'm making an even more shocked face that <laughs> can you imagine that the democratic party, all those moderates uh, would be trying to smuggle in provisions. And just so we understand what this, what this does, what they're claiming is that all it does is enshrine the Supreme court decision in the Bostick case, which said that sex under title seven uh, absurdly said, that sex actually means not just biological sex, uh, which is the only possible thing it could have meant when it was written, uh, that it means also gender identity. And so it encompasses not just discrimination on the basis of biological sex, but of course discrimination on trans people who are, have different genders and different orientations and 97 flavors of gender, whatever. But this actually goes further Than Bostock, because it explicitly, as you alluded to, removes the protections of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which say that in order for the government to infringe upon a genuine religious belief, it has to establish a compelling governmental interest for so doing, and also that the means by which the government is implementing this compelling interest have to be the least restrictive possible. And what this does is said don't matter, we don't even have to consider that anymore. Anybody who is in any way objecting to this not carrying out its edicts is is essentially liable and of course that includes churches, that includes any type of religiously affiliated charity. So this could be used as a cudgel by the federal government and believe me it would be so used to force anyone who is by the way this isn't just christians okay muslims anyone who has a religiously based objection to the trans lgbt agenda which denies the reality of biological sex and which says that if you want to be as a man who thinks he's a woman in in a woman's locker room in a shower with Teenage girls, if you're you know that age appropriate, uh, there's nothing you can do about it. And if you're a Catholic charity and you do adoptions, you do any sort of charitable work, you're going to have to allow someone who's a trans person. They have to be able to participate, and you can't claim that your silly snake handling faith prevents you from allowing this, because ultimately. Uh, the only thing that matters are the preferences of the state and the enlightened people that are in power right now. I don't think this has a chance of passing in the Senate uh, because, for now, uh, Joe Manchin has made it clear that he's not giving the Democrats the vote to abolish the legislative filibuster, which means that they need 60 votes in the Senate in order to get this through. So I have a feeling that it's going to die on the vine, but to your point, Chad, the radicalism of this they're going to keep trying right that's one thing you have to hand it to the left they never stop so whether or not this gets squelched this time they will repackage it in another format and they will try to get it through because ultimately they don't accept the notion that religious faith when it comes in conflict with government edicts can ever prevail, can ever be respected. The first amendment is utterly meaningless to these people and in fact, it's not just meaningless, it's a problem because it's an impediment to their progress. The evolving standards of decency simply cannot have a first amendment that doesn't allow our central planners to tell us what is best. So this is this is going to be a continuing issue and Here's one of the things. You mentioned the fact that our friend, Dr. Fia, was disappointed. The one thing that he seems to have an incredibly large blind spot about is that the Democratic Party, and certainly at its leadership level, is incredibly hostile to any type of Christian faith. And if you think that's an exaggeration, All you need to do is read the Twitter feeds of any person that writes for the New York Times or the Washington Post. Listen to the way they describe people of faith. Listen to the way that they talk about people like a baker or a florist or anyone. They have no conception of what it means. They have no respect for it. And what they really envision as religious faith is go into your little church or your temple, or wherever it is that you weirdos gather and do your thing, but it has no place in the public square. And you have no right to bring it into discussions of policy. That, of course, is completely anathema to what the founders envisioned for this country, which is one of the reasons that they want to do away with it. So this is going to be a continuing attempt over the, you know, how, however long the Democrats control Congress
0: maybe only till 2022, they're going to keep pushing this. So the question comes up to me, someone like Dr. Fia, how, how do you reconcile? I'm not saying you have to vote Republican. I'm not telling him he has to vote Republican. But how does he reconcile the complete lack of support for religion among, well, she'd say this, Western religion, not Eastern religion. They're, they're probably fine with that. Fine with that. Uh, but how does he reconcile that with what he sees show up day after day after day from the uh, public leadership of the Democratic Party? Don't tell me that Joe Biden is a uh, practicing Catholic who's okay with supporting abortion. Because those two don't work together. I, I don't know what Catholic church he's going to, but they don't work together together in any way I've ever heard the Catholic faith described. So don't tell me that Joe Biden is a pro-life candidate as he's supporting abortion anywhere possible. You can't, you can't reconcile those two. And, and you, to your point, he does seem to have this huge, massive blind spot to this. And I don't know if it's because of his hatred of Donald Trump, his hatred of what the, the GOP has become under Donald Trump, that he can't see that what you're supporting is equally, if not worse, than what you're railing against. And I'm, I'm not saying that Donald Trump did great things morally, because we've said that over and over. But I do not understand how you can sit there and support what this has become. The, the Ilhan Omar's and the AOC and Joe Biden and Ariana Presley and, 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 and Eric Swalwell How do we how do we reconcile those two and say, wait a minute, you you really your high horse is as diminished as mine? Well, here's here's a very simple
1: litmus test. And because I think one of the things that Dr. Fia would say and and people that are of his uh, sort of ideological and even theological persuasion is uh, that what we're saying here is completely inaccurate. There are many, many devout Christians who are progressive in their views, who are, champions of pluralism and religious freedom but here's the point and i don't i don't i don't reject that go and try to get somebody who is currently an elected democratic official house senate vice president president and get them on the record on let's just pick two issues get somebody to say openly in a public forum where there's cameras i don't believe in unrestricted abortion on demand Get somebody other than possibly Joe Manchin to to place any limit on that in a public setting. You cannot find them. Second thing, get anyone in Democratic leadership, pick them Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Jerry Nadler, Adam Schiff. Go down the line, pick whoever you want. Pick somebody you think is actually, you might be able to find a backbencher somewhere in the House, but I don't even think so. Ask them whether or not someone who believes in marriage between a man and a woman is not a bigot and is not someone who is a homophobe. You won't find a single person to take that position. Just can't have it. Can't say it. You'll be run out of town on a rail. So you have to take those two stances. You're supporting a party. And you and I have made this clear. I don't think Christians, there's not a political litmus test for being a Christian. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. I think it should be very troubling if you're someone who has decided, I, I'm going to vote for the Democratic Party because I believe that they, you know, again, they're more progressive. They, they believe in life after birth and all this other stuff. Okay, but you can't find a single person in any position of influence in your party who will even acknowledge the legitimacy of an opposing viewpoint that says abortion is morally abhorrent and you're not a bigot and you're not a hate monger if you believe because of the tenets of your faith that men and women were designed to be in marriage together. You can't find anyone to even respect that position publicly. That should be very troubling if you're someone that is voting consistently with the Democratic Party.
0: I think where I see the difference is I, I can see a lot of Christians who vote democratically. I can't see a lot of elected Democrats who uphold a Christian faith, at least not in the way I would define it. And I think that's where I'm struggling because I think there are people out there in the church. We, we attended together and which you still attend. I think there were a lot of people in that sanctuary who, would agree with you they would they would vote democrat for a lot of those reasons you just stated but i believe they were christians and they 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 did vote according to how they believed but i i don't think even at the state level you're finding a lot of difference between the federal level as far as the philosophies of the democrats i give an example in pennsylvania now this has something to do with christianity uh in the state of pennsylvania there's two constitutional amendments for the state constitution that are going to be on the primary ballot, um, this fall or this spring. And they basically limit the powers of the governor to declare national or declare a state emergency with a 90 day limit Then requires congressional or, you know, house and Senate of the state to agree to extend it. You can't just unilaterally extend it indefinitely as governor Tom Wolf has done. He came out today and said, I don't have to abide by those things. They don't apply to me. Uh, They're constitutional amendments. If they're passed and the constitution is changed, they most certainly do apply to you, but he doesn't feel they do because they limit him and he doesn't want to be limited. That to me is, is basically we talk about, you talked about it with the first amendment, but we talk about laws and they only apply to to your opponents. They don't apply to you unless they, enhance what you can do if they limit you you just ignore them because they limit me uh, the parliamentarian well, where could, in this 1. Where 9 trillion where
1: bill a, where could good old Kaiser wolf have gotten that idea this, oh, this I idea can't imagine that, I mean that, that laws really we, well we're respecter of laws so long as again they allow us to do what we want and implement the policies right. that we want um, the light worker right most recently <laughs> the guy that was before tyrant Trump, Um, he was a guy that conceded repeatedly. I'm not an emperor. I'm not a king. I have no power to rewrite federal law. And the minute that Congress didn't do what he wanted on immigration, well, I have a pen and I have a phone. And those laws just are not going to constrain me. And by the way, did any of the people who were shrieking about Donald Trump trampling civil liberties, shattering the foundations of democracy with his evil tyranny, did they have a single negative thing to say? about no no they were cheerleading barack obama
0: they were they were and
1: all the same people that believed that donald trump was a dictator how many executive orders are we up to that joe biden has signed and not read 40 50 50. whatever it was like you know not a peep not a peep from all of the concerned people about unbound executive power so It's all situational. It's all selective. But ultimately, the modern Democratic Party really has no use for any constitution or laws that impede their agenda. It's that simple. They believe we're in power. And once we're in power, we have good ideas. In fact, our ideas are so good that all of the mouth breathers can't really understand how good they are. But don't worry, you'll thank us later. And so there really shouldn't be anything to prevent us from implementing them for
0: your own good, Chad. It's for your own good. Sure. Uh, Going back to that $1.9 trillion bill, uh, the parliamentarian ruled that you can't unilaterally increase the federal uh, minimum wage to $15. It's part of the reconciliation process. Right. Guess what? They didn't take it out of the bill because they don't care. They're going to do it anyway. Sure. So why have rules? Why have rules? The other, the other thing that I, I found amazing this week, uh, Donald Trump kept children in cages on the border. Now, forget that Obama kept built the cages and kept children in cages on the border. Trump and most, was separating of the, families- most of
1: the most widely circulated photographs of the children of the children in cages was from Obama. Uh, not when, it was from 2014. Not when Trump was actually in
0: office. But never mind. Doesn't matter. Forget that part. Forget that part. So Joe Biden has opened his new children's center with children in cages. It's the same. It's
1: the same facility. And I have to to give credit. I have to give credit. I don't know which reporter it was, but I think he was maybe with ABC News or maybe it was the AP. But he was actually grilling Jen Psaki about this and saying, um, well, you you claim that these were cages when. Trump was in office. Now it's the same facility. Why is this okay? And of course she had absolutely no answer, just a bunch of word salad, basically, well, no, no, we're very different. And mm. uh, he couldn't explain it at all because there is no difference. And, yeah. and I, would yeah. love to, I would love to pose this to our friend who went mm-hmm. on and on in his list of indictments. One of his main favorite ones was uh, right at the top, like top three, Kept children in cages. Well, we're now keeping them in cages again, but they're kinder, gentler cages, apparently. I I don't know. Well,
0: They're Democratic cages versus Republican cages. That's the difference.
1: And here's the point. They were never cages to begin with. There are reasons why under federal law, these things have to be done. That's the reason that the Obama administration did them. That's the reason that the Trump administration did them and we can make an argue we can have an argument about, well did, did Trump try to use it for more political ends than were necessary? I actually think there, there might be somewhat of an argument to that, but guess what now the Biden administration is realizing when you have millions of people flooding to your border and many of them are unaccompanied children, you have to put them somewhere. Where do they go? Mm-hmm. They go in a site that when it's a Republican president, particularly Orange Hitler, it's cages. Now it's I don't know uh, what it's a hotel. It's a it's a
0: youth hostel. Youth hostel. That's it. That's it. So I want to finish with something I found alarming this week. Um, I hadn't thought about it, but there could be something lurking in your home as we speak. That you need to be aware of, and it's it's very dangerous. Uh, is your cat? Actually, Satan, and nine things to look for. So, I'm going to read off the nine things. Nine things. <clears throat> they don't have to have all nine for them to be an agent of the devil. Just want you to know. Uh, weird slit snake eyes. Alone, this isn't a huge deal, but coupled with other signs, it could be bad. So, if you've got the slit eyes on a on a cat in your house, you should be reading on That's further. That's
1: the first bad sign. Okay. It's, yes. it's all cats have weird slit snake eyes
0: Well, that's beside the point uh, We're, okay. we're going to go down the list okay. Sharp hidden weapons In their paws Sharp hidden weapons In their paws Were they born with them? They might have been removed because you tried to Tame the devil But if they were there Be careful Always lands on feet as if By witchcraft Hmm, interesting Vibrates with evil when touched. Evil vibrations are a bad sign, just in case you were wondering. Has pointed ears like devil horns. Be careful. Sudden outbursts of violence against small moving things. Much as Satan seeks to whom he may devour. Cats pounce on laser dots and fingers. Says Meow in honor of the the murderous dictator Chairman Meow.
1: Well, that's, that's a, that is the worst sign. I think
0: that's the most (laughs) chilling one so far. So far refuses to wear clothes just like Satan and brings small dead creatures as a blood sacrifice. Mm. So if you've got an animal such as this living in your house, you may want to watch what you're doing. Uh, I'm notorious for not being a cat guy. I want to be clear. We have no,
1: we have no cats.
0: And, and that's OK. I, and those of you who are cat people, that's fine. That's your problem, not mine. I am not a cat person. My wife and my daughter love cats. I do not. So I found that very chilling and another reason not to have a cat in my household. You guys take it for what you want, uh, but if you have it, you might want to keep a keep a camera on them at all times just in case. You never know what's going to happen when you're not there. Just saying. That's interesting. That's all I got tonight, Tony. You got anything else you want to add?
1: Well, actually, we have a new puppy, a relative new puppy who, okay. who may be possessed by seed. So <laughs> um, maybe he's maybe he was bred with a cat. Uh, he's a, he's an Aussie doodle and he's very cute. It's okay. very cute. Now, we already have a dog, but mm-hmm. uh, as my, my daughter knows that I am weak. And so she Jedi, she, she Jedi mind tricked me into allowing another dog into the house. And my wife and I talked about this before the dog arrived, because our first dog, Charlie, was literally the best dog ever. Just Mm -hmm. does nothing bad other than the fact that he's um, low, low testosterone and thus a wuss. And so (laughs) rolls over and plays dead to like a gerbil. He's just, he's a 70 pound guard dog. Right. He, he, the sisters at Shawshank would have their way with him. He's just, but he's, he is the nicest, the most well-behaved. He does nothing wrong. He chews nothing. Now the new dog, Ollie, while being incredibly cute, uh, is essentially the Tasmanian devil on Red Bull. So he will go nonstop when he is loose. He will just chew anything, anything that he finds. So he will go from the table leg, to a shoe, to the couch. Oh, and he also torments poor Charlie. He he will bite mm. Charlie's tail. He will bite Ouch. his ears. And Charlie, because again, I really want Charlie to man up. If, if Charlie was a normal alpha dog, he would slam Ollie into the floor and say stop biting me with your needle teeth. But Charlie just stands there like Eeyore, a- as if he, he can't do anything. He, and, and looking at us plaintively, like, please rescue me from Satan puppy. Um, so we're trying to, fi- and also, as I've jokingly said, we've had him now for about a month. I think, uh, he's about 72% potty trained, which means not potty trained.
0: <laughs> all or none. Now let me ask you, why Aussie Doodle? Was that was it available, or you actually wanted an Aussie Doodle? Well,
1: no, no, no. there. I mean, they're, uh It was available, but also, you know, we had done some reading, and they're actually a real, you know, really cool breed. They're very smart. Uh, he's got a lot mm-hmm. of energy, and he really is very cute. But the, I mean, it's actually helping us declutter because we yeah. cannot have anything within thirty inches of the ground. No remote control. No books. No cups. Because <laughs> Ollie the human uh, compactor will immediately grab them and start gnawing on them. Uh, So we we have him penned in in a small area uh, during the day, but we're going to have to get the, the potty thing fixed. Uh, We basically have to make a giant fire and burn all of our area rugs. Uh, But we're not going (laughs) to do that. We're not going to do that until we're done with this process. Uh, So it's, it's been, it's been interesting, but he, we actually had to move a wooden rocking chair out of the room because he had gnawed it. It was like a beaver. It was like a beaver wow. going after the chair. Wow. Right. And and that's the next thing is we're going to have to take him to, you know, the Johns Hopkins Emergency Vet Clinic when he swallows, you know, who knows what, because he's yeah. he also licks underneath uh, our sink, our kitchen sink
0: between Ooh, the floor
1: be <laughs> And I'm thinking, he's probably licking, like, Drano residue. Like, who knows what's down yeah. there? And he's licking yeah. and licking and licking and licking. Uh, uh, there's, so we're being, we're sort of being punished. We we had the, the yin and the yang of of dogs. Gotcha. Charlie, very good. Now, Ollie, not good.
0: So I have to and, ask you, Crockett Doodles, is that where you got them?
1: Is that the one down in, um, like, Alabama? Florida? Florida. They're down in the, in the South. And I think it might've been. Yes, where they're,
0: got. they're in Florida. They brought it up to Harrisburg to. Yes, they did. Yep. Yep. We have a deposit down on a cockapoo whenever that arrives. Uh, my daughter is in love. We went through all the breeds. Uh, we wanted something that had hair, not fur. Um, and was not too big. And she fell in love with the pictures of the cockapoos. So we have a deposit with them waiting for a cockapoo to be born that we can then adopt. And she wants to name it. Well, my wife wants to name it Brady after Tom Brady, just to spite me. But we'll see what we actually end up with name wise. I think you
1: should, I think you should name it after a famous Steeler. What's the
0: (laughs) mean Joe green. Uh...
1: (laughs) No, you should name it after. No, you should call it Polomalu. There you
0: go. Ooh. I should go with Walter Abercrombie. His name yeah, didn't fit on the back what's of jersey.
1: the jersey. What's the longest Steeler name? Uh, well, Abercrombie's pretty
0: long. But Did, uh, did Chewy
1: Asisopo play for the Steelers at any point? No, Manu,
0: uh, No, but he, we could Barkevius. go with...
1: How uh, about and it's Bark. Barkevious.
0: Now, he's not a Steeler. Barkevious. But, no, but we could Dingo. go with uh, Justin Strelzik, which was a lot of, very few vowels. Um you lambert. To buy a vowel. i think lambert, lambert. Yeah, there we go all right franco well, he's franco 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 that it could might either be franco harris happy. or generalissimo guy. franco you just, you just wouldn't know yes which. we wouldn't know the difference that would be okay either way uh we'll have to see uh, I, I, my daughter said she'll know what to call it when she sees it i don't know what that means exactly but she'll know when she sees it and we'll have a name uh, we're about six months out according to their wait list. So we shall see if that actually, well, hopefully by the week, time of that of
1: your, um, mean Joe green arrives, uh, Ollie <laughs> will not have eaten something that has caused him to have stomach bloat and <laughs> that he will know to go potty outside. That will be, that yes. would be excellent.
0: That would be awesome. I th- hope for your sake. And I hope ours, whatever he is, uh, is potty trained much faster than Ollie appears to be.
1: Well, he's only been here for a month, so I don't really know how long yes. that's supposed to take.
0: Uh, but I yeah, really it's did.
1: it's really it's really problematic when it's you're almost there, but not quite, because that just yeah. that doesn't work.
0: Yeah, it's so, gotta be all the time where it doesn't work at all. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. understand. Totally understand. Well, that's all I got, Tony. Anything else from you tonight?
1: That is more than sufficient for me.
0: All right. Well, thank you for joining us, folks. I'm Chad. Good, Good night. This has been a Hannah Tree Production.